Cold calling sucks. Knocking on doors sucks. Talking to strangers sucks. Selling stuff the way you were taught to sell stuff absolutely sucks. Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. This is the Do This, Sell More show. I'm your host, Dave Lorenzo, and today we have a very special guest. Today, I'm speaking with Michelle Berard. She is the person to see if you are starting a side hustle, particularly if you're a woman and you want to use that side hustle as a way to build wealth. And we love wealth here at the Do This, Sell More show. Our main focus is for you to take control of your time and to make a great living and live a great life. And our guest today is going to help us understand how you can do this part-time while you're still working a full-time job and hopefully use that side hustle to put away some money and maybe make it a full-time job, maybe just use it to put some income into the bank so that you can grow your wealth and use it to make a great living and live a great life. Let me tell you a little bit about Michelle. She's a graduate of Agnes Scott College, and she has experience as a software trainer, graphic designer, editor, writer, and business coach. She founded Urban Book Editor, which is a business that she started in 2012, and it helps writers of all genres create their best work. Ms. Berard also hosts a podcast called Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. Now, on this show, she features business leaders and authors, and they share their journey to inspire others. She lives in the Los Angeles metro area where she writes, edits, and provides coaching to her clients. If you want to find out more about her, you can go to michelleberard.com or urbanbookeditor.com, but we're going to find out all about her right now. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, tell me about what you're doing. Tell me about this great business that you have. What I read from our pre-show interview was that your mission is to help 350 women start a side hustle this year. So tell me about that. How did you, how did you decide that's what you wanted to do? Is, it, is this something that's been a, a mission for you all along or did you happen to fall into it? Tell me your story. Well, I guess it actually starts with my other business. It starts with Urban Book Editor. And the reason is I was divorced. I had three kids. I was barely making it. And I was looking for a way that I could bring in some extra money and do something that I really liked. So I happened to be a volunteer reviewer for a website called The Urban Book Source. And they would send me books, two, three, four books a month, and I would read them. I'd review them. And I found myself saying over and over again, edit, edit, edit. And then I said, hey, maybe I can offer this as a service to people because obviously there's a need. And so that was one of the ways that I stumbled into one of my gifts that I could share with other people and make money. 
And I believe that that's really important for women to do. And partly because divorce rates are very high in the United States. Um, we have a lot of women who are heading households and women tend to earn less than men. So that means that there's less money coming in and just as much money going out because it costs just as much to maintain a household for one person as it does to maintain it for you know two or three people. So that's why I decided at some point after I got my business to a certain point that I wanted to help other women do the same thing. Figure out what their gifts are, figure out what their talents are. I call it discovering your genius. And then using that talent or that gift, that skill, to bring extra money into their homes and then hopefully create long-term wealth. That's fantastic. So tell me about uh, discovering your genius or as you have on your website, identifying your, your superpower. So uh, if I'm your client, what do we do to discover what my superpower is? How do we figure that out? Well, first we go through some assessments. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. What do you like to do? What do your friends ask you to do or give them advice about all the time? You know, what are those things that you're constantly going back to? You know, for example, for me, for a long time, I kept going back to uh, writing in some way, shape, or form, or editing in some way, shape, or form. So those things that we do maybe on the side, things that we help other people with, things that other people value our expertise for, those are things that are gifts that we might be able to use to transform into a business. Now, when clients come to you and you start this process with them, how often do you find that they, they feel liberated by the process itself just by discovering what they have a unique ability to, uh, to do, how they can contribute? That, that in and of itself must be a gift. Oh, it is. Because especially, I don't know what it is about women in particular, but we do so many things and we do so many things well and we do them for other people all the time that we don't even realize half the time that we're doing something of value. It's just what we do. So because of that, sometimes we don't even see the value of it until someone else points it out to us. Hey, did you realize that every time you filled out a question on this form, you mentioned that you were a good cook and that people ask you for advice about cooking? Maybe you can start a business doing some catering on the side, you know, things of that nature. A lot of times we do so many things for other people that just seem normal that we don't realize that other people find challenging. Yeah, no, I I completely get what you're saying. And uh, I think that may be one of the greatest gifts you can give to your clients is to help them understand what they're really good at and help them free themselves, give them permission really to do the things that they do best on a regular basis. Now, how often do you find that what your clients, what their genius is, what their superpower is, how often do you find that it's different from what they're doing as part of their full-time job? Oh, probably about, I'm going to say 60, 70% of the time. A lot of us fall into careers out of necessity more than anything else. And especially if you're in a situation like I was in, I was divorced and I had these kids and I'm like, I have to find a way to make some money. And even though I had run businesses of my own in order to get a job mm-hmm. and make sure I had food to feed my kids I had to dumb down my resume because nobody wants to hire a business owner or business manager and entrepreneur into their company 
So I had to dumb down my resume and get into a company as an administrative assistant. Wow. Even though my skill set was far greater than that at the time. So give me, uh, give me an example, if you don't mind. Obviously, you're going to blind it so that we can't identify who the person is. But give me, a, give me a good client success story from somebody that, one of your favorite stories from somebody that you've worked with. Well, actually, I have a client I'm working with right now, and she did identify her superpower. She's always had uh, an interest in working with differently abled people, people who have vision impairment in particular. And she is transitioning or trying to transition from a full-time job in HR where she doesn't get to do as much of that kind of work into where she's able to do some contracting with government um, schools and those types of organizations and large corporations to help them bring in more people who are visually disabled or impaired Mm -hmm. uh, into their environments and to get them good employment. So it's her side hustle is a is a mission driven thing, and it must be incredibly fulfilling for her to be able to spend her time doing that. And that kind of leads me to my next question. So if I'm if I'm work if I'm toiling away at my nine to five, and you've helped me, and I kind of get started on my on my side hustle there, and I really enjoy doing what I'm doing on the side, but it's not enough to pay the bills yet. And I want it to be enough to pay the bills. What do you do? How do you counsel your clients in order to convert what I'm doing that I really like now, what I'm really passionate about into becoming my full time? Because sometimes, especially people who are mid-career, they're making decent money. It's not, it's not enough, but they can't afford to leave it behind yet. So, how, so what do they do? How do they, how do they make that transition? Well, it does depend on the position that they're in in their day job, right? But one of the things that you can do is you can start to transition um, incrementally. So you might be able to talk with your employer to see if you could become a contractor to give you more time to be maybe to work remotely. Instead of being a salaried employee, you're more of a consultant. That gives you more time. You can be at your own desk, mm-hmm. right? And so then you don't have that commute which most of us, I don't know about you guys, but in Atlanta, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I've been to Atlanta and I know how bad the traffic is. We have bad traffic in Miami, but Atlanta traffic is like no other. It's, it's horrible. It's terrible. And actually, believe it or not, I didn't know this until I moved to the LA area. LA is much worse. I thought it'd be about the same. It's horrific, <laughs> frightening, disturbing on multiple levels. But that saved, when I did that, it basically saved me an hour and a half each way. So that's three hours a day I got back in my life that I could then dedicate to my side hustle. Mm-hmm. to grow that business. So, so, you took your, so you took your commute time. So what you did, uh, I want to make sure I understand. So you mm-hmm. went from being a full-time um, employee at the company, wherever you were at, to being mm-hmm. a contractor. And mm-hmm. that allowed you to work from home, which gave mm-hmm. you three plus hours back each day, which you were able to then put into what you were doing on the side to make it a full-time job eventually. Yeah. So actually my transition was a little bit different. I First I said, hey, I want to work from home. And fortunately, it was something I could do. Mm -hmm. So that right there saved me three hours a day. Okay. Just that piece right there. Sure. Then I was able to say, okay, I'd like to become a contractor. And that let me negotiate my hours down. So then I got more hours in the day. So that's how I was able to make that transition without losing my primary income and be able to start growing my business, getting more clients, and doing more good work, more of the work that I really wanted to do. 
Okay, so I love the idea of, I'm, I'm a big fan of people be, becoming contractors. And one of the reasons why I love that idea so much is because when you become a contractor, one of the things you can negotiate is you can negotiate, instead of getting paid by the hour, you can negotiate either a per project rate or you can negotiate a rate based on outcomes. Mm -hmm. And you may be able to get the same outcome that you were putting in eight hours to get in four or five or six hours. And that extra time can be devoted to your own work and your own business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Michelle, what I'd like to do is I'd like to take a second and transition to talk about how you develop business and how your clients develop business, how they how they sell when, you know, they have Maybe they're spending eight hours at a, at a full-time job now and they need to go out and develop a, a business, a, a whole other business where they have clients on the side. So tell me your story. How did you go out and get clients while you were still working? What did you do? And then let's talk about what you advise your clients to do. Okay. So for my business, I started out by getting a website set up. And I know a lot of people say, oh, you don't need a website to start a business. You could just start on Facebook, whatever. That's great. But when Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram went down the other day, people were running around like their hair was on fire. Yeah. I didn't even notice. <laughs> so until I read the news articles, I was like, oh, who knew? Yeah. Um, and the reason I say I think it's important for you to own your own content. But I set up a website. I did set up, you know, Facebook accounts where I'd already been on Facebook, but I started doing Facebook ads. I started doing free webinars uh, on topics related to writing. And I started giving away some of my time. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started bringing clients in. I also did a lot with Google ads back when I first started. Even now, I'll go back to Google ads every so often because I think it's a really effective way to get people in because they're looking for you as opposed to on Facebook where you're just kind of targeting folks and showing yeah. them stuff and there's so much noise. On Google, people are searching for book editor. Right. You know? So that's, that's really much more targeted in my opinion and a more effective uh, use of your resources. We're speaking with Michelle Berard. Her website is michelleberard.com. We'll put it in the show notes so that you can go there. And the business that she started, which ended up becoming a business that that enabled her to enjoy her own personal freedom, is Urban Book Editor. You can find Urban Book Editor at urbanbookeditor.com altogether. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. So, Michelle, when you started Urban Book Editor and you were able to run some Google ads and you put up your website and your search engine optimization was good. People started coming to you. You were able to do the book editing on a, on a per project basis. When did you finally decide that it was time for you to make the leap and make it a full-time, uh, a full-time job? Uh, when I decided to move to LA. <laughs> okay. So you, so actually you did something similar to, so what I did, I, uh, I went out on my own and moved from New York down to Miami where I knew nobody <laughs> and started a business in a place where nobody knew me. I didn't mm -hmm. know anyone. And I relocated to an area where everywhere I was going, I was, I wasn't even using a GPS because when I moved here, we were using maps. So <laughs> I, was, I was figuring out where I had to go based on a map or based on map quests that I printed out off my computer. And it would take me 45 minutes longer than anybody else because I didn't know uh, I didn't know where I was going. And, you know, this is something that is incredibly, I think, empowering for other people because 
you're successful and you started a business in a city where you knew no one. I'm moderately successful. I started in a, a business in a city where I knew no one. So for people who are listening at home, if you're in a place where you actually know people and you have a natural network that you can talk to of people who you can express the value that you can provide, you're starting with a head start compared to Michelle and compared to me because we didn't know anybody. We had to go, we had to go figure out who was interested in our services. So Michelle, you started your business and you were uh, helping people fulfill their dream of writing a book. You were editing books for them. How did that transition into helping people, particularly women with starting up their own side hustle? How did, how did you make that transition from just editing books. I mean, I don't want to say just, I mean, that could be, that could be a great business because, you know, most people don't know what they don't know about writing and an editor is, is the person who makes a book successful. But how did that transition into helping people create jobs that they can do on the side and then lead to a full-time job, helping to coach women in particular on starting a, starting a side business that could become a full-time business? Well, one of the things I found over the last few years was that a lot of authors don't know that they're starting businesses. Ah, interesting. So I was doing a lot more coaching on the marketing side. I was doing a lot more coaching on actually how to go through the publishing process and how to set up you know, their press, how to get their ISBN numbers, things of that nature. And then I started thinking about just my own situation and other women I know who are still struggling in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and trying to help guide them or give them some encouragement to, you know, do something to bring more money in, you know, and some, and to be fair, you might have to, depending on your field, go back and get a little bit more education, things that nature It's not saying that's not necessary, but there's always something that you know, or that you can do and helping them to find out what that is and how they can leverage that. So I, I just found myself over time doing more and more of that. And now when people come to you, are they, are they specifically finding you because they want to start some, start a job on the side, or is it still a transition where somebody comes to you with a book they want to edit and you talk to them about their business and they say, wow, you've got some really good insight. Maybe you can help me with the business aspect of it. It's still mostly coming through urban book editor at this point. I get a lot of authors who don't know really how to monetize their books. Mm. And that's really a challenge, especially if, you know, there's not a lot of money in books per se. Most people don't realize that. Yeah. And so it's like, well, how are you going to make money with your book? I mean, is your book going to be a tool that you can use to make money in another area, particularly for those people who are trying to be thought leaders in their area? That's where they can really do some good, maybe developing a program or doing speaking engagements, things of that nature. So I'm coaching people through that. Oh, that's terrific. So mm -hmm. if I have an idea for a book, should I come to you first and you'll help me explore how that book can actually make some money for me as a, as a business? Is that, do people come to you with ideas for books and you say, why do you want to write a book? And you talk about whatever their system is or their process mm -hmm. is and you turn it into a business for them? Well, most people come to me, they already have their book ideas. Most of them actually have their books written. Oh, wow. Now, whether it's actually complete can right. be debatable, but they do have a book written and they come to me um, looking for the editing primarily, but then a lot of them really do need guidance and they recognize this because I have a questionnaire when they set up an appointment, they need guidance on the marketing, they need guidance on how to actually go through the publishing process. And 
really how to start that business. That's really what they're asking when they ask those questions. Sure, sure. When these folks come to you with their with their books fully written, is there is their intention to self-publish or do they want to help you? I mean, are they are they looking for you to help them find a publisher or an agent? Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm always amazed that people think I guess I, I guess I thought this when I when I first uh, started started writing and when I wrote my first book that you know you're going to write a book and the whole world is going to change. Well, no. What's going to happen is you're going to write a book and that's just going to be one more piece of credibility, and you're going to mm-hmm. have to go out and figure out how to get that in enough people's hands for it to make yeah. a difference in your business. So when people come to you, is it your experience that they're coming to you looking to self-publish or well, just to fulfill the mission of getting the book out into the world, or are they coming to you thinking that the book is going to be a tool that's going to help them launch their business? What's, what's, what generally, how generally do people come to you? It depends on the genre typically. So if they're coming for fiction, mm-hmm. a lot of times they have decided either they're going to publish through Amazon or someplace like that, Book Baby, and they just want to get the book published and they're self-publishing. Although a surprising number of people are starting their own presses. So, you know, especially on the fiction side, there's that tendency to start their own presses. On the self-help and inspirational side, some people are trying to get with traditional publishers. And I actually tend to discourage going that route. And the reason is because it can delay your project for so long, not because uh, it's not a good idea, but because traditional publishers these days are looking for people who already have their followings, they already have their audiences, they're not looking to bring in uh, new authors unless they're just amazing and yeah. highly recommended and networked in. I mean, it can delay your project years. Yeah. So if you want to start building your audience on the front end, and this is what I advise all of my authors is get your book cover design and start building your audience, start bringing in people who want to follow you and want to know more about your book and, and are already in your tribe, then if you go and get a traditional deal or try to get a traditional deal, you'll have a better shot. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, that's, uh, that's fantastic advice for as, as somebody who has self-published and also uh, gone with a major publisher, I will tell you that you are going to do the same work to get that book in people's hands. You're better off if you, if you have a great idea, if Michelle tells you, you have a great idea, what I would do is I'd start a YouTube channel and I would start making videos on the content that's going to be in your book every day really engaging content, share it with everybody on social media, everywhere you possibly can, and then work with Michelle to put to distill that into a book and then try and get it into people's hands. The self-published book that, that I wrote was published in probably three and a half months after I finished it. The commercially published book took me a year with an agent shopping around to find the right publisher. And then I was advised by the agent not to write the book, just to write an outline in case they had any editorial Mm -hmm. guidance they wanted to give me. We found Mm -hmm. the publisher. Publisher didn't have any editorial guidance. Then it took me three months to write the book. And then it took another six and a half months for them to publish the book. And even then, I still had to do all the marketing. I still had to work with them to make sure that distribution was there. I had to meet with the people who were going to distribute the book, just the same as if I were to self-publish the book. The difference is I didn't have to pay the the production costs and all that other stuff. But the year of my life that was taken trying to find the right publisher, 
I could have been promoting that material, continuing to build my platform. I mean, I, that, I think, Michelle, that is absolutely fantastic advice. So step one for everybody who's out there listening, if you've got an idea for a book, go to urbanbookeditor.com or go to michelleberard.com and talk to Michelle about the idea for the book and she will put you on the right track and help you understand what part of your business, what part of your marketing mix the book will fall into and how you can get going now while you're looking to either finish your book or have her edit your book for you. So Michelle, what do you see with women when it comes to businesses? What are some of the struggles when it comes to sales? What do you think some of the, uh, some of the big barriers are when it comes to attracting clients and winning clients over and getting business? What, what are some of the challenges that are facing women out there who are starting side businesses right now? Well, women tend to be a little more self-deprecating and a little more retiring. And sometimes we don't reach out the way that we should. So especially if you're in a new area, like, so the first thing I do when I move to a new area, I get on meetup and start finding groups of people that I can connect with who are interested in the kinds of things I'm interested in. Don't, you can't really just shy away from talking to strangers. But of course, I may be an exception. My kids say I talk to anybody. (laughs) They find going to the grocery store painful because I do talk to people, even at the grocery store. But that's an important skill to develop. You need to learn to just put yourself out there. And the other thing is, we tend to be very hard on ourselves. So when we fail, we sometimes, you know, take the hit pretty hard. So one of the things I think I may have mentioned uh, in my pre-interview, but one of the biggest pieces of advice that I ever got was don't take it personally if you Mm -hmm. don't make a sale. Right. Because it's not about you. Right. And it never is. If somebody doesn't understand the value that you're offering or they can't afford the value that you're offering right now, number one, if they don't understand and you've done everything you can, then it's time to, then it's time to move on. If they can't afford it, then what you have to do is you have to view that no as just a not now. And, and that's right. the way my preference is to have our folks, our, our clients view a no as a not now. A no is never a final no. Because you just don't know when the time is going to be right. And if you disengaged from that person after the sales call in a way that is cordial and you've added va- some value to their, to their life, they could come back. And in most cases, they will come back at a later time. So that's the way I've always gotten through rejection in, uh, in my life with selling, realizing that the timing just wasn't right and there would be another time down the road. You know, I want to, we've got just about five minutes left and Mm -hmm. I want to ask you how you and and your clients, how you counsel your clients to remain productive if you're in a work from home environment. Because a lot of the people who are listening to this are independent sales professionals or sales professionals who are are working for a company and they work from home. So how do you maintain your productivity? Because I work from my house too and Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with this from time to time. How do you maintain your productivity in a work from home environment? Well, one of the things that I do is I unplug the home phone, mm-hmm. so that cannot ring during the day. I do not answer the door because people do show up at your door making deliveries and things like that if you're at home. Yeah. But I do not answer the door. I try not to multitask. That's a really challenging one in today's society, but I think there's not really any such thing as multitasking. You're either doing one thing really well or you're doing a bunch of things not so well. 
So you want to really focus on whatever that project is. And so you might want to get some productivity tools to help you with that. Or you might want to simplify your screens, you know, just don't have a lot of things open on your screens while you're working if you're on the computer. And sometimes it helps to just work on paper, you know, just to get those thoughts out of what you need to do. I am a huge proponent of using calendars. If Mm -hmm. it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. And I, I tell my kids that too. That sounds terrible, but if, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. So for me, that's been the saving grace of keeping everything organized. And then probably the last and most important thing, and this is something I've been really focusing on in the last six months, you have to carve out the time that you use to take care of yourself. And I don't care if that's meditating or going to the gym or jogging or whatever it is that you do. For me, it's hot yoga. Nothing interferes with hot yoga anymore for me. And that's because you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of all these other things. So if you're not taking care of yourself, the other things won't, won't happen well anyway. That's great advice. I really love it. We've been speaking with Michelle Berard today. You can find her at michelleberard.com or urbanbookeditor.com. I want you to go check out her podcast. Go to iTunes or Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's somewhere in the middle with Michelle Berard. And I'm sure you're going to find that she has really valuable advice for you because just in the last 20 minutes, she's given us at least a dozen nuggets that we're going to put in the show description so that you can make sure that you go back and listen to this interview again. Just her thoughts on publishing alone will save you a ton of heartache. It will help you get your business going. If you want to start as a side hustle, I encourage you to do that because there is nothing better than investing time in your business and realizing that the entire day has passed and it seems like it's only been minutes because you're doing what you're passionate about, what really fires you up, and that can start for you today with a side hustle, with a business that you start on the side. So if you're interested in starting a business on the side and you want to figure out the best way to do it, reach out to Michelle. If you're interested in having one of your one of your books edited, I know there are people out there who have at least one book in them, maybe more. I want you to go to Urban Book Editor and find Michelle. Michelle, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they if they want your advice? Because on your website, uh, on Michelle Berard, there's a there's a great opportunity to schedule a call. It's right at the mm-hmm. top of the website. Is that the best way or do you want them to reach out to you to call you on the phone? Oh, that is definitely the best way. That is also one of my productivity tools. You can book an appointment right there on the website for a complimentary 20-minute call where we can discuss what it is you want to do. That's fantastic. There's nothing better than getting advice from someone before you engage them. And I'm willing to bet, I'm not going to put her on the spot and ask her, but I'm willing to bet that probably north of 50 to 60% of the clients that take that take Michelle up on that offer to schedule a 20-minute consultation end up becoming clients because she's going to help you identify your genius. You're going to discover your superpower, and then she's going to give you permission to leverage it. And I don't know anything that could be more valuable in someone's career, especially if you're toiling away at a nine to five job and you're wondering when you're going to get around to doing something that really engages you. Michelle will give you permission to start your side hustle and then she'll give you the step-by-step guide to doing just that. She did it herself. There's nothing better than someone who's already walked down that path to guide you. They've already taken all the arrows in their back so you don't have to. She'll, She'll help you make it work 
in a way that's comfortable for you. Michelle, it's been such a pleasure. I really enjoyed having you here today. I look forward to having you back again on the show down the road where we can talk about a couple of people who, a couple of more people who you've helped become successful. That'd be great, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. And until next week, I'm Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you do this and sell more. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and my mission is to help you make a great living and live a great life. We'll see you right back here next Thursday. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Give us your feedback on each episode and get access to our free sales training course at dothissellmore.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Do This, Sell More.